This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now, when you think of cowboys, who comes to mind? Is it a John Wayne type in an old Western? Clint Eastwood? Or if you're like me, you picture Will Smith and that box office bomb Wild Wild West. Well, it might surprise you to know that in America's cowboy heyday, anyone could be a cowboy, including women. One in four cowboys were black, and they weren't all in the South. Chicago has a little-known but rich black cowboy history, one that endures even today. The Broken Arrow Riding Club is one of Chicago's oldest multicultural riding clubs, putting the West and Midwest. And this past Sunday, they hosted their annual Speed in Action Rodeo and Horse Show. So the Reset team broke out our cowboy hats and boots, and we headed to the rodeo. We talked to some self-described cowboys and girls and a grizzled old cowpoke with no first name. We'll bring you those conversations in just a moment. But first, I talked to Charles Perry. He's a filmmaker who's behind the upcoming documentary, The Black Cowboy. And Charles gave us some insight into this little-known chapter of American history. Charles Perry, welcome to Reset at the Rodeo. I just want to thank you for having me here. So good to see you. I mean, have you been to this particular rodeo before? This is my fourth one. I came, um, first time I came was um, a year before the pandemic. A year before the pandemic. And so what's it like being back this year? Um, I know everything now. I know everybody. I recognize faces. Yeah. You know, um, seeing the cowboys now, black cowboys are not a novelty anymore. It's not a novelty. The thing is, you, I'm glad you say that because I'll admit I would not have pegged this, you know, super big urban city like Chicago to have a cowboy scene, let alone a black cowboy subculture. But I do remember seeing some video on social media last year and that's the first time I noticed, you know, black men riding horses <laughs> in Chicago. I, was it a misconception that you had, too, in the early days? Well, the knowledge we get is from media, right? Books, TV, uh, radio, and the uh, black cowboy, our Mexican cowboy, vaqueros, and the uh, Indian cowboys is not really um, shined upon. Yeah. They're always in the background. You see them, like, one maybe in the background, and kind of pay attention to them, but you don't. But you never really see black cowboys or Mexican cowboys in great numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what does the cowboy culture look like in the Midwest? Fill us in. Man, um, it's a, it's almost like a Smurf village. <laughs> like I don't know if you're familiar with Smurfs, but once, oh yes, but once it's one you of my get it, yeah, once you get into that community, they're everywhere. You look around, and everybody looks I'm the like, same. You know, you gotta like you know. You drive past these places um, all the time, but you never really pull into them. Yeah. Um, Pembroke, right down the street, you know, that's a um, black cowboy town, or Kinnicky. Really? You know, yeah, because, you know, the great migration from, um, you know, the country people went to the country. Yeah, talk, and, talk uh, more about that, because when I think of the, the old westerns, right, none of them take place in the northern Midwest. They're all in, in Texas or they're in Oklahoma. So how did that cowboy culture make its way up to Chicago? Anywhere they had cattle, they had workers, you know, and, and, you know, we live in a capitalist society where labor, the central workers, you know, the ones that goes unseen, um, the central workers um, was everywhere. And so anywhere they had cattle, they had black cowboys. Yeah, I see. Well, speaking of black cowboys, that's the title of your film that you've been making for about seven years now. You're in the post-production process, I understand. What exactly is your documentary about? Um, it's about the migration of um, um, Africans to the West and is told to the eyes of the black cowboy. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Um, you know, just to um, recap, like, where black cowboys come from, 
Um, the cowboy culture actually come from a, it's a mixture between the Spaniard culture and African culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spanish always herded ha- um, um, horses or cattle with their horses, and Africans herded um, cattle with their feet on foot, right? And so those two cultures came together to create the um, cowboy culture. So this to me sounds like a real passion project to you. Are you a cowboy at heart, Charles? Um, I'm a black history um, curiosity. Um, I want to know uh, more about African history. Yeah. We're going to talk to some women later on in the show, some cowgirls, if you will. And I'm wondering if in your research you came across a lot of women writers. I have, but I came across like um, cow um, girls or women that mm-hmm. of the West that was tough, as, just as tough as cowboys. Yeah. What did their jobs look like historically, the a women? Wim- um you know, this is a woman named Stagecoach Mary that lived in Montana, right? And a place called Cascade, Montana, where she um, um, she won the postal carrier route mm-hmm. because she was tough as any man out there. She was six foot tall. She carried guns. She spit. Wow. Everything else, but no, she's um, she's a black woman that got voted into the Cowboy Hall of Fame in Montana. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and so she wasn't like the traditional type of like you know rope em cowboy, but she knew how to ride horses and. And do all the, you know, saddle, all the hard things. Yeah, that's so inspirational. So when do you hope to share this documentary with people? Um, right now it's in, it's in the last stages of post. I okay. just have to go through um, copy and law stuff, you know, where you ha- always have to go the through. The boring stuff. The most important <laughs> stuff, really. Right, right. And um, once that is done, then it's um, ready to be released. And what do you want people to, to take away from the film? When, when someone sits down and watches it, Above all else, what do you want them to walk away feeling or or thinking? I want people to understand that this country was built upon um, everybody. And the people who go on scene, like the migrant workers that are in today, that that doesn't get their um, their credit, right? And back in the day, you think about history, you think about cowboys, you think about the people who built this country. Yeah. um, You really don't think about the Africans. But the African was the essential piece of building this country, and then people need to know that part of it. Yeah. And it's bigger than um, and what was taught to us through you know slavery and civil rights. It's much bigger than that. And so I want people to watch this and get curious about more um, African history, more American history, more Spanish history, mm-hmm. more Indian history. Just the thing people who made this country that goes unseen. I love that because you know it makes me think of the fact that. A lot of people may think the cowboy world is of the past, right? That it's, it's, it's not existing anymore. It's gone sort of the way of the frontiersmen. But here we are. We're sitting, Charles, at a rodeo in Chicago. And this is not just any rodeo. It's one that's been around for more than 30 years. I, what do you think it is about this world that just endures? Why does it have this lasting power? Well, uh, cowboys is symbolism of, um, you know, the b- cowboys are prideful, you know, and um, I have the luxury of living in Montana around white cowboys, and I've been a black person at a white rodeo, but then when you go down to a Mogi or even places um, down in Pembroke, you know, yeah. you see one or two white guys walking around, it's like, wow, it's like in reverse, right? Mm-hmm. But the values are still the same. You know, a cowboy is a cowboy, no matter if you're here, you're in Mexico, or you know, you're in Piquero. The, the, the love of horses, the love of animals, the love of um, 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 the outdoors, the yeah. love of riding, 
is um that part of nature that's in in some of us humans you know that part would not go away the especially the connections between horses and um and people yeah charles perry is a filmmaker his upcoming documentary is called the black cowboy thank you so much for hanging out with us charles thank you so much for having me If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now, this past Sunday, Reset was at the rodeo, but we didn't travel to Oklahoma or Texas. We were right here on Chicago's South Side. The Broken Arrow Riding Club hosted its 34th annual rodeo, complete with barrel riding and relay racing. The event also celebrates the area's black cowboy legacy. Now let's meet the driving force behind the rodeo. I got a chance to sit down with Murdoch. Now he's the director and president of Broken Arrow Horseback Riding Club. Murdoch founded Broken Arrow back in 1989. And 34 years later, he's still teaching and encouraging folks of all ages to get back up on that horse and try again. Hey Murdoch, welcome to Reset. Well, thank you, I'm glad to be here. So good to see you. Before we talk about the rodeo, sir, I gotta talk about you, right? Yes. Murdoch. Just Murdoch. You are known as the man with no first name. Exactly. Give me the story behind that. Well, what it was, I, when I was trying to compete in one of the first rodeos, I got involved with Thurl Ladding Rodeo. Um, Mrs. Ladding, uh, Harriet Ladding was the name. She was signing us up at the registration table. And when I signed my signature, I just put down Murdoch. She says, come back. You forgot to put your first name. I said, I don't use a first name. Well, if you don't use your first name, you can't be in the rodeo. I said, well, I guess I can't be in the rodeo then, right? And her husband Thurl heard what was going, the commotion going on, and so he said, what's happening, what's happening? And so I explained to him, she said that I can't be in the rodeo because I don't use a first name. She said, he said, oh, just let him go ahead and go. So that's how that got <laughs> that's started. That's how it started. You know, and since then, people have tried their best to find out what it is. I got people to say, I know what your first name is, you know. So I made a big thing of it, that's all, you know, just to draw attention, you know. <laughs> I kind of like it, that the, the man with no first name, it sounds like a, a cowboy character in a, a Western I'd be glad when they record one of me, too. <laughs> so are you a cowboy? Yes, I am. Safe to say? Yes, yeah. I am. How did you get started? Well, there was a riding stable at 61st and Evans near Cottage Grove when I was a kid. And uh, I'd go to the park, and I would see the horses, and I was so involved with looking at the horses on TV. They had a, the Three Stooges that was on there, and they used to act stupid and silly. Then they had a program <laughs> called Circus Boy, and Circus Boy wore tights, you know, and leotards and stuff, and I didn't want to walk around with that on. So I saw the cowboys riding, their hat fly off and their hair blowing in the wind. And I felt like I could ride like that too, but my hair wasn't going to blow in the wind. You know what I'm saying? So Not much hair to blow so, in the wind. So that's how I got started. And uh, ever since then, it's been a passion and love of my life. I'm 75 years old now. So yeah, I know I look wow. good for me. You Don't look amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you saw my eyebrows raised when yeah. you said that. So why'd you start Broken Arrow then? Uh, well, actually what happened was when I first bought my first horse, um, I hadn't, didn't know anybody that was into horses that were black. And so uh, the guy who I bought my horse from, which is Hispanic, he took me to a Mexican rodeo and there were some black people there that he knew was coming and introduced me to them. And so six months later after I got out of the club, I knew I was going to start a club. I just didn't know the name of it. And then eventually I called it Broken Arrow, which is symbolic, meaning an adversary, you can't shoot an arrow, so if it's broken, is a sign of peace, and that's how it got started oh, with that. Okay, I and like then that. What happened was that I started on Martin Luther King's birthday, he who also stands for peace. And then I go to Salem Baptist Church here in Chicago, Salem stands for peace. And so Look at all that like, symbolism yeah, happening exactly, all at the exactly. same time. Do you primarily work with, with kids and teens, or do, do members kind of run the gamut age wise? No, I, I, uh, I teach 
It doesn't matter from 10 years old and up. I've got a couple students right now that's in their 70s, you know, and so i uh, got a couple students, like I said, that's 70 years old or whatnot, and uh, they're learning too as well, you know. Yeah, Chicago, I feel like, has changed quite a bit in 34 years. So how has that impacted the club, Murdoch? Because 34 years is a long stretch of time. It is. Uh, unfortunately, we have not been blessed with um, getting uh, major sponsorships like a lot of other organizations, our counterparts, if you understand what I'm speaking about. Yes. And so, but with that being said, we still scrape the bottom of the barrel trying to get what we can to put on an event like this. And you can see now this is one of the largest turnouts that we've had. You know, so many people here. Yes, yes. This and is fantastic. So we talked to a bunch of people since being out here. We've mm -hmm. talked to folks who have been with the club for decades. Just talk more about that community that you've, you've built around riding and around horses. Well, I used to be very uh, selfish with my horses, and um, I wasn't interested in nobody riding my horses, you know. And so finally I started getting into the age I felt like I needed to give back. And so from that standpoint and perspective, I started trying to teach people how to ride within the limitations of my ability. Yeah. And uh, I've got some riders here that they've gone on to uh, doing the actual rodeos with bulldogging, as they call it, or steer rats and things of that sort, or uh, bull riding, roping. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people that first you need to learn how to ride a horse. Yeah. And once you learn how to ride a horse, then you can go from there and start doing bigger and better things. Yeah. And that's what they've done. So uh, I encourage them and um, uh, they look up to me like an uncle or a dad or something like this. Yeah. So that makes me feel good. I that's mean, you all. seem like a real cool guy. Real I am a real going. cool guy. Don't you ever let nobody yeah. tell you <laughs> So what has this work taught you? Uh, it's taught me to try to be more patient with people that I'm trying to work with mm -hmm. because I could really, really, really get frustrated at first because they weren't following instructions and sometimes they're not focused. And I'd rather at that time holler at you and you get mad at me for hollering as opposed to you getting hurt falling off the horse. So let me hurt your feelings. Yeah. But I don't want to hurt yourself. Exactly. You know. I might save your life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. um, what's your vision for Broken Arrow from here on out? Well, I've always wanted to have a horse riding stable in the city of Chicago so that the inner city children could have the same thing that the uh, uh, suburban area children could have yeah. to participate with horses. That dream has not come, but, it, you know, it's not over to the fat lady sings, as they say. So if I had that to happen, I wanted to have a st uh, stable there where we could rent horses out, people could board their horses there. We could teach classes as far as training people how to ride, how to train horses, have a farrier class there as well as a veterinarian assistance program those are the visions that i have yeah and it's been that for years years ago when i first came home from the military my dream and vision was to bring horseback riding to the inner city of chicago because when i came back home nobody was riding horses in the city yeah you know and that was my plight and and fortunately i was able to get that done through the city where they allowed us to start riding horses in the city and things mm -hmm. of that nature please used to stop us at first or whatnot because they didn't know the rules and regulations but if you look at your rules of the road book it tells you that horses have the right of way on the street. Right. So that's there. Now the question is being able to bring your horse into the city, ride along the bridle pass or the lakefront or something like this. So we got that. Mm -hmm. But what we really need is to have that stable built. Yeah. Well, beyond this rodeo, I hear that you've got another event planned next month. So why don't you mm -hmm. tell our listeners what you've got going on? Okay. Well, next month uh, we have what we call the high noon ride and picnic. It's always held on the very last Saturday of July. I don't care what else is going on. We're going to host this on the last Saturday of July. Uh, so this will be our 34th year doing it. And so what it entails is that many years ago, 
what would happen is that you'd be at a rodeo. And so, you know, you might be there Friday or Saturday and you don't have to go back both days. And mm -hmm. so this gave the Cowboys an opportunity to come together and um, at least sit down and break bread together, yeah. have their horses together, you know. And it did. The, the, the majority of the horses that we ever had was like 225 horses that I counted personally. Oh, that's a lot. It is. It is. Of course, since then, the time has fall, you know, the horses have fallen off or what have you, things of that nature. But as you can see, people are still interested, you know, still interested. People are still buying horses, you yeah. know, prices have gone up, but people are still buying horses, you know. You've brought this amazing crowd out today. How does that make you feel? <laughs> tired. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> that makes me feel tired, but no, I'm super elated to see the crowd. Each year gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Growth, it it, growth is good. good. Yes, yeah. It makes me feel good. Murdoch, the man with no first name, is the founder of the Broken Arrow Riding Club, also the organizer of its annual Speed in Action Rodeo and Horse Show. Thank you so much for having us here, Murdoch. We appreciate you. Well, let me put it like this. It's been a plum pleasing privilege and a pleasure, and I'm proud to have presented myself in a polite, personal, professional manner with the possibility of probably seeing your pretty face in this place <laughs> next year sometime. <laughs> You're too kind. Thank you. <laughs> And we're back now with more Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, this past Sunday, Reset spent a lovely afternoon at an event that some of you probably didn't know has been happening every year around these parts. A horse rodeo right here in the city. There we learned all about Chicago's rich history of cowboy culture. But being a cowboy isn't just a man's game. We caught up with Amber Leslie. Now she's a member of the Broken Arrow Riding Club and a bona fide Chicago cowgirl. Here's my conversation with her. I'm curious, how long have you been with Broken Arrow? Oh, um, about two years now, year and a half, two years that I've been riding with Broken Arrow. I gotta ask, what got you started? <laughs> uh, friends, like uh, you know, friends pulled me in, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna try it. I really want to try riding a horse. So and you I hadn't even no, ridden a horse? No, no, yeah, it was my first time. It was. <laughs> so how do friends pull you into something that you've never you even know, done? You I, know, I, I guess one of my friends, he had a horse, and I'm like, that's right. so cool. I would love to learn, and he's like, well, come on down observe a lesson I observed I got on the horse and I have been on them ever since oh my goodness and I hear that you just got your first horse yes I did his name is Cayenne he's adorable I love him he's so sweet Cayenne. I know it's a thousand pound animal and I'm like oh he's so sweet <laughs> um, but they're very sweet animals yeah Cayenne he's like a uh, strawberry Cayenne color oh so I love that it, it, it really matches him what's his personality like Sweet. He he comes when you see him. He kind of does a little jig when I get to the stables when he sees me and like we both just get really excited. Um, <laughs> it's it's really adorable. Very gushy and probably gag worthy oh. for some. Cayenne. <laughs> uh, my my next question is is. Where does a person in the city keep a horse? A lot of places. Okay. They're, they're, you, on the outskirts of the city. Most, none of our horses, um, none of the horses you see here today are probably living in the city. My horse is in Sager, mm -hmm. uh, no, Chicago Heights, um, South Village. Um, so generally the south suburbs are where most of our horses are. But then even the northern suburbs, you'll find barns and farms. Wherever you see like some acreage and some land when mm -hmm. you're out of town or yeah. you're driving through, there's probably some stables with some, some horses there. So here's the thing, you know, all the old western movies, they, they show a white man on a horse, yeah. right? Um, not many people actually know about the diversity in, right. in riding. So describe to me what your experience has been so far as technically a black cowgirl. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. Um, it's been it's been very heartwarming for me um, to see and witness so many different um, ethnic, socioeconomic backgrounds um, riding horses. It, we're a small community, but it's a growing community of people. Um, it's a very loving community, very supportive community. Um, we all have each other's backs. If I don't know anything about something, what's wrong with his hoof? What's wrong with his foot? Why, you know, there is a group of people that I can reach out to that are very helpful. Um, so all walks, all backgrounds, ages, you know, so we go to some of these rodeos and there's four-year-olds, you know, riding Incredible. horses and competing competing in the rodeo not just riding but actually competing with these same barrels right i love that so you know it's just uh, a melting pot of people and colors ages i love that from the youngest to the oldest murdoch's you know as he is very seasoned but i've seen him ride also and he rides the best out <laughs> no, of all that's of us incredible you know we, we also know that there aren't a lot of options for riding lessons or stables in the city which yeah. which, which um could impact, impact the access of riding on the south and the west sides uh, of, of the city. Yeah. So did you encounter any accessibility issues when you were trying to break in? I mean, there there is a level of accessibility. You have to be able to get out to where the horses are, yeah. right? You know, and that is something that Murdoch is working on. Um, we would love Because we know to... the, real, the reality is not everyone can do that. And not everyone can, right? I have a car, I can get there in the middle of the winter. You know what I mean? That's not accessible. There's no pace bus, there's no, you know, public transportation out to Stager, Illinois, yeah. Chicago Heights, you know. Um, maybe there is, but it's, it's probably not very convenient for most. So Murdoch is absolutely actively um, and intentionally working on being able to provide uh, lessons and exposure to youth, especially the youth. He has a really hard for the youth um, in the city yeah. um, and getting them exposed to the horses and to the art form of it because it's an art form. Yeah. It is a love and it is an art form. Um, and he's he's intentional about making sure that one day we can maybe have a barn or have some sort of facility in the city right. for people to get to. I think I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that you, without any horse riding experiences, yeah. took up this task yeah. of, of joining this club. Yeah. I mean, were you scared at first? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta get to the real here. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. When Have you, first... you fallen? Some, yes. So like one thing Murdoch's really good about is teaching you how to fall. Like it, it may happen. How to fall. How to fall. How do you fall? Um, well, if your feet are in the stirrups properly and your heels are down, you're, you know, when you fall, you should kind of fall gently. You shouldn't be flying over the horse, right? right. That's the goal. If you fall, kind of fall off to the side a bit, yeah. but not going over <laughs> the top of the horse's head, <laughs> right. which could happen that could if, be you're, really not, serious if you're not riding properly, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, we call it, he calls it buying real estate. So yeah, I bought a little <laughs> right. bit of real estate. Um, I've had some very close calls, um, ridden some horses that are very, very, very fast. Yes. My first time I was um, terrified. When I got off, I think I got in my car and almost wanted to throw up because it was just like the adrenaline rush. Oh, but you got <laughs> back on. But you got yeah, back on. Yeah, you love it. You become in love with these animals. They're so spiritual and peaceful. Um, there's a connection that you form and that they form with each person. I, I'm told that a horse can feel your heartbeat um, from four feet away, right? So they get to know you. Really? They feel you. That's one thing Murdoch teaches that, you know, when you're on a horse, he can feel what you feel. If you're anxious or nervous, scared, the horse can tell. Oh. If you're confident and you're sure of yourself, the horse, the horse can tell. So it's been like a bonding experience. It's a, um, 
reducing anxiety to oh, I love just that. your mental health. Some of us use it as a therapy. Yeah. You know, so you'll hear someone like, oh, I got to go to my horse. I need it. I've had a rough day. I just need to go get on my horse and just ride for a little bit. That's it's, wonderful. It's therapeutic. So you're not competing in, in the competition no. this year, but... I think maybe next year. Next year, I, you know, I'm going to work on it. So continue, you know, working on that. Um, and even with my own horse now, we can kind of train and build that bond. And get you totally ready. And, and get him here and see if we can run across some, run around some barrels. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people who... Uh, live in this city and don't know anything about rodeos, yes. don't know anything about cowboy culture. What do you hope people take away from this experience? That we're here, that it's a small community, but we're growing every single year. Um, you know, we, we really try to get the community out. We go to other rodeos and pass out flyers. We support each other, mm -hmm. um, you know, but, the, but the, the thing is that we're here. Um, if folks want to learn, if folks want to be exposed to the horses, um, we're easy to find if, you know, online at, at Broken Arrows has an Instagram page now. Yes, um, we do this every year. After this, we'll do a high noon ride in July, uh, which will be a free event where everyone can come on out, bring the horses, and just walk and ride um, throughout the, the streets of Chicago. Oh, like it is quite a spectacle to see all these horses. There's way more. <laughs> I've heard hundreds just of horses down the turn streets. out. Yeah. I think I've seen videos and, and images yes. of this on like TikTok. Yes. I think this was last year, and I said, wait, I saw that the, the hashtag was Chicago. I said, this is Chicago? This is Chicago. <laughs> this is Chicago. I mean, how do people react? I'm curious. When, oh, you, when you tell them, uh, you know, I'm a cowgirl in Chicago. Yeah. When you say you have a horse, where do you keep a horse? <laughs> what do you mean you have a horse? Yes, the actual real live horse, not a stuffed animal. It's it's usually a surprise. It's not something that is you typically see. Um, but we we love the exposure and letting other people see. We they do pony parties and you know uh, bring the horses out to events. I love that. Um, so that just to continue to get that exposure in a healthy, friendly way, mm -hmm. so that people can um, you know get get used to being with the horses. What a great and community and supportive. Too. Absolutely. Amber Leslie is a member of the Broken Arrow Riding yes. Club. Thank you so much for stopping by. Enjoy the rest of the rodeo. <laughs> it's been a pleasure <laughs> indeed speaking with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Amber. Sunset through windshield. I can see now like a picture in a frame. Now a rodeo at its heart is a competition from barrel racing to relays to bareback riding. So we couldn't end our day at the rodeo without talking to the cowboys who were competing. So, between competitions, I sat down with Corey Flowers of Auburn Gresham and Devin Branscombe of Roseland. Hi, Corey and Devin. Welcome to Reset. Hey, hey how you doing, ma'am? All right, so I really appreciate you guys taking some time away from all of this, you know, and, and preparing for your race to, to chat with us. I understand that you've loved horses pretty much all your life both of you yes yes, yes. ma'am tell me your story first Corey how did you get started um, I started at what maybe eight years old got on my first horse my mom did it while she was pregnant with me so it came you know I came out natural doing it my dad yeah. he put me on my first horse doing barrel racing I started out doing barrel racing got the hang of it mm -hmm. got into animals as such as calf roping them type of events so I fell in love with doing the horses I say I stuck with it um from there I met Murdoch I've been around him for six years. Uh, what he's have taught me in this camp, or this, uh, I say, association, a big group in a community with this. Uh, yeah. I say he done taught me more than just horses. Ownership, um, being a better man for myself, and yeah. just, you know, staying off the streets and guiding my head right. That's all this is about. Like a true this. mentor. Yep. Yeah. How about you, Devin? 
How did you get started with horseback riding and, and competing? So I started uh, riding horses. I got on my first horse when I was, I would say about four years old. My father, he owned horses before and uh, he put me on my first horse and he just let me go. And I fell off, got a couple of bruises, went into the hospital and then I fell in love. It you weren't was scared? Like, I was scared. I was nervous on the tight, but I was like, hey, if I'm going to pass away, it's going to be on the animal that I love. Yeah. And um, ever since then, I just can't get away from, you know, um, I met Murdoch. I've been knowing Murdoch for like, 12 years probably longer than that just been on and off because I've been doing a lot of different things uh, I went to college to be a pre-vet uh, to try to take care of horses oh cool and now I own a transporting business where we transport horses to different states and stuff like that so that is incredible do you like the competition aspect of this life I like the competition aspect because it it builds you how to be a team team leader in a sense, if somebody messes up, you don't you don't get mad at them because it's their horse and it's them at the same time. And it's hard for um, a human being to take a wild animal that was once set free, that didn't have any responsibilities, that didn't have any boundaries. Yeah. And then you put a saddle and a bridle and a rider on it, they're like, what's going on? They was just free. They had their own bills. Now they paying your bills. You know, so in the instance, it's like, be respectful to the horse and be respectful to the rider and then be respectful as a team. We all team. Everybody yeah. out here, we're a team. We might be com competing against money. We might talk trash, but at the end of the day, hey, you need this? Do you need that? We're going to help each Sportsmanship. other out. Sportsmanship. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. 100%. Horsemanship. Horsemanship. Yes, yeah, horsemanship. yes I like you that. Yes, You're taking part in uh, more than one competition in this year's horse show, right, Corey? Yes. What about you, Devin? Yes. So right now, since... I have a bunch of different horses and a bunch of different my horses. They do a lot of different things. The horse I run today only runs relay and uh, plugs, so he's going to be doing relay and plugs. Okay. So. What about you, Corey? Your horses? Play horses. I'll say that. They've uh, they done roping, team roping, cow sorting, relay, plug, just all around. Yeah. Been around different things. I've seen the different pictures. Been around. So we know the reality is that horseback riding and, and racing – I mean, it comes naturally to you now, Corey, but I, I remember back in 2019, you told Block Club Chicago, you said, quote, usually black kids don't even think about doing things like this. No, they don't. It's, it's always, it's always, it's either they wasn't brought up into it, they got the wrong guidance, or they just being a follower and not leading behind the right people. Mm -hmm. Just think it's cool just to be out on the streets. How did your peers, Devin, react throughout the years to this I guess, double life of yours, being a horseback rider as well. What do they say? See, in my family or my friends, they call me the, the owl one of the bunch, you know. I don't, I live, I live like my life is on the edge. They think you're odd. And, yeah, odd in a good way or a crazy way. Whatever way they think, they yeah. love it, yeah. you know. So I, I live on a world where I'm on a bridge. And if I tilt one way, I'll fall off. If I tilt the other way, I'll fall off. When I ride them horses, I don't care about hurting myself. Mm. If I fall off, I'll fall off. Everybody got to go one day. So at the end of the day, they, they feel as though, oh, I want to try that. I have a lot of a lot of friends that were in gang violence. And, you know, they was like, hey, can I come out to the barn? Yeah, come out to the barn. Now most of my friends, they have horses. Now they ride horses. They don't oh, ride great. do rodeos and stuff, but they are enjoying it. You know, now they're not doing drugs. They're not, you know, in, in violence with other friends. You were able to share your passion 100%. with them. 100%. And some of them even adopted it, too. Oh, 100%. So... I want to hear from you both on this. What advice would you give someone listening to us right now who 
maybe they never saw themselves as a cowgirl or a cowboy. But now they're thinking about it, right? Especially if they're in the city. Where do they start? First, I would say um, just coming out to look at a picture. Something like this, just the first, you know, first event in Chicago. We got another event like this, but just starting out like this, this would be the first picture you would be looking at. Yeah. All events is out in the suburbs or in another state or so. So this would be, I'll say, come to this first event. Like it's right here in the heart of yep, Chicago. Yeah, right here. What would you say, Devin? Uh, just like Corey said, you know, to be a cowgirl or a cowboy, is, it's, it's about having self-respect first. You know, I would say volunteer at different groups. You don't necessarily have to volunteer at a horse group. Go to a vet clinic, you know, do some volunteer work. It builds you up with more respect to have a respect for an animal. You have to respect yourself because the animal is a whole different, it's a whole different um, aspect to life. It's, it's breathing, it's living, and it, it wasn't born how we was born. So I would say start with volunteering, helping out, you know, Googling how do I get involved with horseback riding. You know, just find different um, different groups and different communities that do horses. There's a yeah. lot of them in Chicago, Illinois. And one of them is a big one to us and to Cord, to me. It's a family, it's Broken Arrow. You know, it's easy to find us. Go on Facebook, go on Google, come out. Yeah, it's a good website too, yeah. It's well, great. you know, Corey... You've been riding nearly all your life. You've been working with and you've been training horses. What's the biggest lesson that this has taught you? How to stay committed. Uh, it's funny because I would say, I would tell you myself, like, I was a lazy person. I wasn't, you know, trying to push myself. I wasn't trying to be better. But once I came into this type of area, once I came around the family, it was like, ooh, I got to do better. It's like I got to push myself, be the better person, not give up. I'm going to come through tough challenges, but I always got to know how to face them. And this uh, organization that taught me that. Did you feel that same kind of motivation, Devin, from yes. this group? Yes. Uh, what, what, what I learned from being a cowboy and being in this group is, like he said, how not to be lazy, how to stay committed, how to stay consistent, you know, how to be open because you might meet somebody who's nervous around people. You know, how to be open, how to say, hey, what's going on? Let's talk outside of the group. We don't even have to talk about a four-legged animal. Let's talk about what's going on personally. And um, it just it just taught me how to be more of a, a people's person than anything. That's horse trainers and competitors, Corey Flowers and Devin Branscombe. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank good you, to meet Thank you. you. No Everybody have a good one. Down at the railroad station, there's people getting on. Some are going north and some are going south I'm just going to be gone Some people are born to be takers Others just want to give Some people 